Heavenly Father, Lord, as we uh, look at Your Word this morning, Father, I pray that what is heard is Your voice, and it's Your words, it's not mine, Lord. I pray, Lord, that uh, we'll take this to heart, that it'll open our eyes, Lord, to our own being, and show us, Lord, where we fail and where we need You most. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So, when I was looking at this and studying through it, I kind of thumbed through Matthew Henry. It's a resource I go to quite often. And I like what he said about why the book of James was wrote. He says, The design of it is to reprove Christians for their great degeneracy, both in faith and manners, and to prevent the spreading of those libertine doctrines which threaten the destruction of all practical godliness. So keep that in mind as we go through this and we think about what comes out of our mouth. Verse 1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. As Pastor Jeff has been preaching through the first couple of chapters, he, uh, or I should say, is he, he referred to a lot of this as um, the different things that James was saying as being tests, things that test our faith, and these tests show our faith. What's well, another test? Has what God has God's word penetrated enough into me that I'm starting to bridle my tongue, that I'm starting to watch what I say? And that's a test, because I can tell you right now, I fail it very regularly. Anybody that knows me knows that. And it shouldn't be that way. But I am guilty of that. And James is trying to show us in the first few chapters how we as Christians should act, how we should um, present ourselves to the world around us. And this is, this is one more piece of that. As a Christian, as the way we live, what, how we conduct ourselves says a lot about us. And it says a lot about the faith we claim to have. And then you look at those um, those that would conduct themselves in the manner that James is teaching against. What kind of person this is. And this is going to be a person that is going to falter. If, if I'm not controlling what I'm saying, yet I claim to be a Christian, and I'm going to teach God's Word, I'm going to probably be a person it's going to be led down a wrong path and I'm going to miss the mark. And if I continue with that and I teach that, those that are around me are going to go the same way. But because as, you, as you're speaking in those manners, who are, you, who are you glorifying? Am I glorifying God? Or am I glorifying myself? Or am I glorifying what I want to do? And does that line up with God's will? Here, this side of heaven, there's none of us are perfect in this fallen state. And every one of us are going to fall short. Every one of us are going to say things we shouldn't say. We're going to do things that the, the Bible teaches, God's Word teaches against. And we need to be mindful of that. 
because we will be held accountable for what we say. And anyone that's willing, Jeff and I have had this conversation in the past. Think in terms of a, of a commentary for a second. This, because this scares me. <laughs> a commentary is someone who sat down and they commented on every word God said in Scripture. That person's going to be held accountable for what he said. He better have got it right. And that better scare you. That better scare anybody. And just because you don't stand up here, you don't teach, you don't lead a Bible study, nah, you're not off the hook. Because when you claim to be a Christian to the world, guess what? You're giving a sermon by your life. You're telling somebody, I'm a Christian, I follow God, and this is what the gospel is about. And you're either going to represent that right or you're going to represent it wrong. And you're going to be held accountable for that. So am I. We all will. And by the time this was wrote, you know, uh, some false teachings had already permeated into the church, in the church in its infancy. You know, Paul writes, you know, writes about it in several passages. In fact, there's a passage I love. It's in Galatians 5 where Paul says, he comes to me and says, you're doing so good. Who got in the way? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? So it was already happening. So James is talking about this now. He's saying, careful. Pay attention to what you say. Pay attention to what comes out of your mouth. 1 Timothy 6, 3-5 through says, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, and evil suspicion. In constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. So that's where it goes. That's where that's these person that is going to. Uh, that is not paying attention to what he speaks. He's not paying attention to how he represents God's word. This is, this is the path this leads down. So not only does Paul tell us what this person is like, he also tells us what the people that listen to him are like. And so, again, like I said, you're not off the hook if you're not teaching, if you're not leading a Sunday school class. You are just as culpable as the person speaking, because you need to be holding what the person up here is saying accountable for what comes out of their mouth. You need to be in the Word. You need to be studying. You need to know if I mess up, if I go the wrong direction, and you need to call me on it. And there's more, you know, and again, we've talked about this. There, there's, there's more than one way to be a teacher. You don't have to stand up here. You can do it just through your life and how you live. Remember what Paul said in Romans. This scare, this is another scripture that scares me, by the way. Remember what Paul said in Romans 2.24. And he's admonishing the Jews in this passage who claimed to be following the law. And he, but they weren't. They were not. And he says, the name of God is blasphemed amongst the Gentiles because of you. So if I'm claiming to be a Christian, 
I'm claiming to follow God and I'm not living that way. And I'm not paying attention to what's coming out of my mouth. What am I saying to the non-believers about God? What am I saying to non-believers about my faith? What am I saying about God's word? I'm blaspheming God every time I call myself a Christian. That's an indictment that scares me. Matthew 12, 36-37 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And again, you know, it's uh, think about these tests, as Jeff calls it, as Jeff was, has been referring to it. This is a test. Where's my faith? Has my faith produced in me the ability to start watching my tongue? I'm getting better at it. And thank God that I'm not t- today. I'm not who I was yesterday, because God's working on me, and it's a continued work. And this side of heaven, I'm I'm going to be a project. <laughs> He's got to work on me, so I've got to watch my speech. Verse three, he says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guarded by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force to set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of of reptile and sea creature can be tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Think of these 1,200 plus pound animals a little piece of metal in its mouth. And you make it do what it wants. Well, I can't, but somebody else can. They don't like me. Um, But think about that. Think about this ship that's got this rudder in comparison to the size of that ship and how you manipulate that rudder the direction that ship's going to go. And here we got this little piece of meat in my mouth. Some air comes up out of my lungs. And that can set the course of my life based on how I talk and what comes out. Matthew Henry refers to this uh, governing of this ship as, oh, what is the word? He says, right management of the helm. So if I manage that correctly, that ship's going to go where I want it to go. If I manage the bridle in that horse's mouth correctly, that horse will go. But what happens if I do it incorrectly? What if I don't manage it properly? You know, ships, especially in these days of sail, look at how often they ran aground and busted up. Look at how often they missed their mark coming into a port. You know, it's, it's not managed correctly. You can end in chaos and disaster. That's the same thing. Same thing with my mouth. Look what comes out of my mouth. If I don't manage my speech properly, and it's, trust me, my mouth's got me in a lot of trouble over my life. And I can look back on it, you know, and you'd think I'd learn. 
uh, I'm, I'm sure I drove my mother nuts, you know, <laughs> but it, it's, it's something I fight against. It's something that I push up against and I always have. And, you know, God has dealt with that in, in some cases severely, <laughs> you know, other cases, you know, it, it's been kind of mild, but I've paid for it. You know, so keep that in mind when we're talking about this, that how something so small can, can guide and indirect something. And we know words have power. This is called the living word of God. They don't get no more powerful than that. Yet the words that come out of my mouth have some power too. And they have the power at times to direct my life. 1 Peter 3.10 says, For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. If you love life and you want to see good days, watch your mouth. Pay attention to what you say. Psalms, uh, even think in terms of King David. Even King David, we would all probably in this room agree that he was a great man. God used him mightily. God referred to him as a man after his own heart. But look what he says in Psalms 141.3. He says, Set guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. David had a little issue with lying. You know? And he's asking, he's, he's looking to God and he's saying, I, I need some help here. Because I'm blowing it. And David knew that controlling his tongue was not something he could do on his own. He knew he needed God. Our text tells us we can't do it on our own. No man can contain, can control his tongue. And it's from hell and it's poison. Verse 9. And this, this right here really got me as I was reading through this and studying this. It says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, this ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Again, I'll be the first to admit, I blow this. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, who, I mean, I, I, so we're sitting here this morning. We're singing praises to God. And I'm going to walk out that door. I'm going to drive down the road. Somebody's going to cut me off and ask my wife. I try to tell her driving don't count, but she disagrees. Um that shouldn't happen. That should not happen. And who am I, Joe Moore, a created mortal man, who am I to curse anything or anybody that God himself has created? It's not, who am I to do that? Yet, yeah, guess what? I do it. I, it, I, I think in terms of... Um, you want to fire me up and get me going on politics. It's not a good thing. Um, and I have a habit of demonizing somebody that doesn't agree with me. 
Is that is that what God wants me to do? Am I doing the right thing when I do that? Nah. I mean, so don't look at my Facebook post. Stay away from Facebook. It's bad for you. Shouldn't be that way. This person, no matter who this person might be, is someone who God created. And for me to talk the way that I have talked about these these people in the past, it is absolutely wrong. It should not happen. I should not be doing this. And as a Christian, if I'm out here telling everybody I'm a Christian, and I follow God, and I will talk that way about somebody, what am I saying about my religion? What am I saying about my God that I serve? Again, Paul says we blaspheme him because of that. In Genesis 1.27, in case you missed it, in case you don't see where I'm going here, in Genesis 1.27 it says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, male and female he created him, and in verse 28 it says, And he blessed him. How dare I curse anything God created or that He blessed. And that's what I'm doing when I run off at the mouth. And I'm, I'm terrible about that. So this isn't just God created and blessed those that look like me or think like me. All mankind. God created all mankind. So as we, in, in uh, first part of James, he was telling us, uh, I've already messed up on the verse, but he says, we, by your fruit, that your works are, are a type of fruit. And he's, where he's talking about, he says, I'll show you uh, faith by my works. You'll be known that way. Well, what does that say about my fruit? What are people thinking when they hear me profess to be a Christian and say things that come out of my mouth? In Matthew 12, 33-35, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. He's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees in this passage. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. What comes out of my mouth is what's in here, whether you want to admit to it or not. I push up against that. I try not to. I seek God every day to change me, and fortunately, He does. Every day, I'm a little bit different. I'm a little bit better about it. But I fight this. And so I have to ask God every day, change my heart, change who I am, change what comes out of my mouth, change my being. Proverbs 10, 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Can't be both ways. Again, can a salt pond yield fresh water? It can't be both ways. You're either going to show the world 
that you are righteous, that you are doing your best to follow God, or are you going to show the world that you're a liar? That's it. There's no other way to call it. You're either doing your best to live for God and control yourself, and control your members, and control your body, what comes out of your mouth, or you're a liar. So what do you do? This happens every day. I battle this. And if you're honest with yourself, I'm sure you battle it. Just Maybe not as bad as I do. But you're going to fight it. Well, look at Paul. Remember Paul in Romans. He says, man, the thing I know I should do, I don't do. And the thing I know I shouldn't do, I do. What do I do? Ah, wretched man am I. In Romans 7, 24 to 25, he says, wretched man that I that am I, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then in 25, he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Because that's the only way we're going to bridle that. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And so it's prayer. you got to be in prayer daily to change who you are. Because you can't do it. Only God can do it. In verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his work in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James chapter 1, he talks about receiving the word in meekness. And I should give it out the same way that I received it in meekness. And everything I do and everything I say, it should be to glorify God and to edify his people. Fortunately, I, I mess that up. I try not to, but I do. I mess this up. And then just as scripture just told us to do otherwise is what? It's unspiritual and demonic. I didn't say that. God said it. So, where are you hit? And again, like I said, you're not off the hook. If you're not leading a Bible study, if you're not preaching, if you're not teaching, you're not off the hook. You're going to be held accountable for what you say. But you're also going to be held accountable for letting me or Jeff or anybody else say something from here that is not from here. And what does Scripture say? Be like the Berean. Be in the Word. Study the Word. Know it. If one of us goes, if somebody, I don't care who it is, goes the wrong way, call them on it. Because you're going to be held accountable for that because you're just as culpable as the person that's teaching. And then in, in verse, was it... 
Verse 16, he says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. I've seen churches where ambition governed how that church was ran. And I can tell you right now, it was disorderly. And things that happened that should never have happened. I've heard Jeff tell a story about somebody knocking back a 16-ounce can of beer before getting baptized. I was there when that happened. I didn't know that happened until later, but this isn't a church. Somebody being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you got to go knock back a can of beer to you before you go do it. I think that's a vile practice. I think that's unspiritual. And Scripture says it's demonic. I've seen churches do things like that. Then we change it here a little bit. Verse 17 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure and peaceful, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If we're living accordingly, if I am governing my myself, my being, and careful what I come out with, I would be doing this. Everything I do would be gentle and meekness and humility. That's what Scripture is. That's what God calls us to do. That's how God calls us to, to talk and to act. My grandfather always had a saying, well, had a few. But he always used to say, you know, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Well, verse 17 is the honey. Verse 18 is the catch. You know, and my mom, of course, used to say, it ain't what you said, it's how you said it. That one used to drive me nuts. But it's true. If I sit here, I can read these words that God gave us, and I can do it wrong. I could read it word for word, or I could be witnessing to a friend and do it word for word. But if I don't do it with the proper presentation, if I beat you over the head with this, then I ain't going to do a bit of good. It's going to have the opposite effect. So it needs to be done with humility, meekness, gentleness, that's what God wants. That's what God wants us to do things. In Galatians 6, 7-9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone especially to those who are of the household of faith. So we're to treat everybody as someone who was created in the image of God without exception. What did what it say in the gospel? Love your neighbor as yourself. But here he goes a step further. Especially those who are in the household of faith. 
So we're to be, we are to show these attributes to each other as brothers and sisters, even more so than I would to others. I read a quote by Randy Alcorn. I'll, I'll end with this. He says, we should show to church people the same tolerance you advocate that church people would show the world. How often do we blow that one? We tend to be pretty rough on each other. <laughs> and, and, when, and I say that as a church in a whole. So, as I, like I said, as I was studying through this this week, it hit home with me. Because it's, it's something that I know I'm outspoken. And I know that, you know, I can get fired up and shouldn't be that way. It's not, a, you know, I, I at first I kind of laugh about it, but then when you, you think about it, it's not something to laugh about. The scripture says it is unspiritual. It is demonic. It is not of God. And so I pray every day that God's changing that in me and that every day I get a little bit better. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just I thank you, Father, that you have promised to complete the work that you have started in me, that you're not going to leave me, Lord, where you found me. You already know the end. You know, Lord, where I'll be. And Father, I'm forever grateful of that because this is something I could never do on my own. So Lord God, I pray that you would be with every single person that, that you brought here today, that in every single one of them, Lord, that this week that you would do a work in them, that they could look back as each passing day and say, I'm not the same person that I was yesterday. Father, we say this for the, your praise and your glory. In your son Jesus' name, amen.